The Last Word on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Let's get to the sport. Bad news for Leinster at the weekend. Bad news maybe for Irish rugby, but the one-point defeat for Leinster to La Rochelle was such a major disappointment for the Irish team. Uh, we'll talk to former Leinster and Ireland player Fergus McFadden in a second. But first, Keen Tracy of the Irish Independent. Lots of people are trying to find out just how serious were these half-time and post-full-time uh, rows between... Ronan O'Gara and various Leinster people and also potentially involving the referee? Um, I'm not sure in short to be honest Matt because like none of us were there we can't tell for sure we'll have to wait and see what the report says but everything that you've heard, heard coming out so far it seems like a storm in a teacup, teacup to me now I do see certain people you know trying to blow it up a little bit but again we weren't there we can't really judge Um no doubt something went on, but like I said, it seems like a storm in a teacup to me. I wouldn't be reading too much into it um, either way. Rog, though, does seem to have really gotten under the skin of Leinster, doesn't he? He's gotten under the skin of Leinster for a long time now, when you think about it. Three three defeats uh, in a row for Leinster in the Heineken Cup for La Rochelle. And yeah, I think he's really brought that... Um, What's the best way to describe him? A bit of chip on the shoulder, maybe the, the Munster man in him, the Cork man in him. Um, and it's worked to absolute perfection. I mean, it was... It was a masterclass, I think, in coaching in terms of the game plan that he delivered, how calm that his players stayed when they went 17-0 down after 11 minutes. It was remarkable, really, to think that the only time they were in front was the 72nd minute when they got that converted try. So, uh, look, it was an unbelievable day for Ronan O'Gara and Larry Shell. Like, that's the... The thing about this, which it's easy to gloss over um, because we're so kind of focused from an Irish point of view, but uh, this is an awesome La Rochelle team to go back to back and win the Heineken Cup is not easy. They're only the fifth team ever to do it. And there's nothing to say that they won't make it three in a row next year. Yeah, I mean, and just to put it in context, it's a sort of a multinational team with a French mm. base. There's a big difference between the level of Heineken Cup and international rugby. Or is there? Would this La Rochelle team actually be a serious outfit as an international side? And there's a reason I'm asking, I'll get to in a second. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they would be. But like, the, it's you're kind of right in what you you say, Matt. Like, this isn't like the, the French team. And I know people are already asking what kind of ramifications will this have for Ireland going to the World Cup. But if we remember back to almost the exact same scenario happened last season, Leinster lost the URC semi-final to the Bulls. They lost the Heineken Cup in the in the closing stages by a point to La Rochelle. And a couple of months later, Ireland went down to New Zealand and won a tour down there. So this La Rochelle team, you're right, are plucked from all over the world. Like They have unbelievable, powerful athletes. But the thing I think that gets glossed over as well is that they mix power with unbelievable guile and skill in terms of the backs that they have. So look, they are a bit different. This isn't like uh, at Toulouse, which are much more close to the, the personnel in terms of the French team. This is a bit more of a, a Harlem Globetrotters kind of team. But look, they're a rags-to-riches story. I mean, it's not that long ago that La Rochelle were playing in the Pro D2, the second division of the in France. And, you know, they've come along and Ronan O'Gara has got them to, to buy into the, the Champions Cup because it's important to remember as well that not all of the French teams have done this over the years. Toulouse have been the shining example, but La Rochelle have come along now and they've shown that it is possible to fight on two fronts. OK, Fergus McFadden, former Leinster and Ireland players with us. And of course, Fergus, we had the extraordinary 2011 comeback that Leinster managed against Northampton in their own miracle game. But yet, 
how difficult is it going to be to process that no matter how good La Rochelle are and they are an exceptional team that Leinster had a 17 point start in them and couldn't hang on to it yeah it's it, listen it, it's going to be a fixture that unfortunately the, the players and coaching staff involved from a Leinster perspective um, it will you know haunt them for a while and um, you know it's bitterly disappointing for them um, you know I, I think their season uh, was so successful up till the last couple of weeks and they've had three losses in the last three weeks and they've won every other game. So um, it's it's kind of mind-boggling that they've come away um, with no silverware this season. Um, and yeah, just very hard to put into words um, uh, just how tough it is for, for, for the whole group. I, I really felt for them. But in fairness to La Rochelle, um, you know, I think, albeit, you know, 17 points down after um, 20 minutes. I think that they kind of grew into the game. You know, once they got that, Jonathan Dante got the first try, and then uh, Sotini went over just before half time. That was actually a bit of a turning point because um, Ron Lagar was right after his post match comments. You know, to go in only nine points down was actually a real result for La Rochelle. And I'd say that builds their belief. But at the same time, this is the game Leinster. I'd say could have and in fact should have won in the last five minutes only a week previously Munster had worked their way down the pitch and took a drop goal to win the semi-final of the URC the template was there it's been done in so many matches where you have to go for the drop goal to get the points I mean, that was the thing that I think lots of people, I know I was shouting at the TV set lots of people I've spoken to afterwards why not go for the drop goal with only minutes to go um, well, I think people probably forget that the, the the team weren't actually in the correct position to go for a drop goal at that stage. So, um, if if you remember correctly, they they had a they got a penalty from that high tackle. Jonathan Dante at the the high tackle, he got yellow carded, and they obviously had to make a decision as to whether they were going to kick and and an attempt to go for three points. And, uh, sorry, should they have done that? Because even if the kick had been missed, then they would have had the opportunity to regather on the restart. Uh, they would have, but I think you know that's that's a speculative kick from there. That's there was I was at the game and there was a small bit of a wind into Leinster's faces in the second half, on top of that kick being on the angle. Um, I think it was the right decision to go for the corner because if you go to the corner, um, they have territory. They have you know a launch and territory in uh, you know closer to the opposition line. Whereas if there's a goal line dropout. You know, you're 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 probably going to be tackled in around the opposition's ten meter line or maybe halfway. So, um, yeah, as you say, they, they had an opportunity to win the game at the end, and if it wasn't for that unfortunate Michael Alatoa penalty, and you know, who's to say they wouldn't have scored a try? Well, you could say unfortunate, or you could say a bit reckless. And I was, I was just wondering, Keen, what you think in relation to a drop goal? Because I thought there were two opportunities when they were rucking under the posts when Ross Byrne could have dropped into the pocket and even if the pass wasn't given to him for the drop goal, at least would have actually focused the attention of the La Rochelle defence differently. Yeah, I would certainly be on more your side of this argument, I think, Matt. Um, I think it was indicative of Leinster losing their heads in the second half and just really, really poor game management, really kind of blotted their copybook throughout the second half and that was the culmination 
in it. I know what Fergus is saying, they might not have been in the prime position, but I think those players are good enough to work themselves into that prime position. Like you think back to what you said about Munster the previous week, they're under their own posts before they worked their way up the field to get into position to, to go for a drop goal and win the game. So I think it, it required cool heads. I was a bit surprised that Ross Byrne didn't have a crack at it. Um, like you, my mind immediately drifted back to November and the kick he had from the opposite end of the field. I know it was kind of on the angle as well, but Ross Byrne has always kind of been a man for big moments, big place kicks. And even in terms of going for the corner, like we should remember that like Leinster didn't have a hooker on the pitch at the time. So it meant that Josh van der Fleer had to throw it in. It wasn't the straightest looking line out, but he got away with it. But it allowed Lara Shell then to get set and they ended up obviously winning the turnover because it was reckless from like totally reckless it was a deserved red card and again that points to me like just poor game management losing their heads and all all the, the while like I said at the start of the chat La Rochelle kept theirs and I think that was indicative of kind of the mindset that O'Gara has drilled into them of course, Fergus McFadden, it was a very unfortunate way for both Johnny Sexton and Stuart Lancaster to finish with Leinster as well. I mean, there's a significant argument that if Johnny Sexton had been on the pitch, and indeed if James Ryan hadn't gone off injured so unfortunately, given how well he was playing, that Leinster would have had the leadership it needed on the pitch. But where now does it go? Because Jack Nyber might be very well regarded, but Lancaster was exceptionally highly regarded and I think even loved by the players for what he did with them. So how difficult a time now potentially looms for Leinster? Well, that's very hard to know. Um, there is a lot of moving parts, though, in terms of, you know, um, a, a Johnny Sexton is, is, is irreplaceable. He's, he's, you know, once-in-a-generation uh, generational talent, really, and um, so, you know, replacing a leader and a player like him and then having to um, replace Stuart Lancaster and what he's brought into Leinster over the past um, several years is, uh, it's very, very hard to replace, Matt, being honest. But um, um, looking at the playing group that Leo Cullen has and I, I suppose the other staff members he's brought in, it looks like Andrew Goodman um, supposedly has fitted in really well in there. And I know a few of those trick plays that, that worked at the weekend would have been when certainly ones that, that he would have had the players rehearsing over the few weeks. And they worked out very well in the game, but um, I suppose only only probably eight or ten months will, will, will tell, um, you know, how Leinster are really going to be performing and losing those two guys because Johnny obviously won't be playing after the World Cup. And, um, you know, just bitterly disappointing for those two guys as well. I'm sure the players, you know, on top of wanting a winner's medal for themselves, but not to be able to give Stuart, Stuart and Johnny Sexton the send-off they deserved um, certainly made it um, a much, much uh, tougher pill to swallow for just, all of them, I'd say. Just to finish, <laughs> Keen Tracy, a rugby writer with the Irish Independent, I mean, how quickly these th- things turn? A few weeks ago, everyone was talking about an almost invincible Leinster team going to win, expected to win the URC, expected to win on home turf, uh, the their fifth Champions Cup. And now we're heading into a future without Johnny Sexton, maybe a lot of expectation for Sam Prendergast as a potential successor without half, changes in the coaching staff and suddenly questions been asked as to whether they can maintain where they are, let alone jump to where they want to be. Yeah, and it's not just the, the manner of the defeat, like how heartbreaking it was that it was laid on. It was the fact that it's been La Rochelle for three years in a row. Like from everything you hear from 
the last two years when they lost that semi-final during COVID, like Leinster have been consumed with coming up with a game plan good enough to beat um, La Rochelle. It wasn't good enough to beat them in last year's final. So they spent another 12 months trying to rejig it. And to be fair, like it's forgotten about now, but the opening 11 minutes were as good as rugby as you're ever likely to see. Absolutely brilliant. They should have used that to win the game. It was sensational. And they, they just seemed to go into their shells, which is really surprising because so many of these players are obviously playing for Ireland and they handled the pressure relatively well in terms of winning the Grand Slam at home and that. But you're right, Matt. When James Ryan went off, I thought it was a big loss. Um, you were kind of hoping that others would step up, but they didn't. And we talked about how costly the end game was. And you're right. I think Leinster will have regrets, obviously, about how the way it's played out. They'll have regrets that they didn't pick a stronger team for that monster game and yeah all of a sudden now it's two years without a trophy for this quality of players and this quality of coaching and there's going to be a period of transition like you said so um if you had said what about a month ago that monster could be the only irish province to end the season with a trophy i think people would have laughed at you but here we are and we'll talk about that friday kian tracy from the irish independent fergus mcfadden thank you very much the last word with matt cooper weekdays from 4 30 today